0: Thank
1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 15 Injury Report, DraftKings Ownership, and the rest rankings adjustments. If you're looking for the rankings, you can find them in the description of this video or podcast, just like you can find the updated rankings always along with everything else on dkplaybook.com. If you're ever looking for that sort of thing, this is the season finale of this show. Uh, This show will not appear next Friday. There will be a show in its place instead. Also the season finale of the Sunday live show viewer chat with Gary and Tim is this Sunday. So, Tune into that if you want to get any last second injury and in news and updated spreads and everything like that and horrible advice. But we will be taking your questions and answering them for your alley semifinal match uh, of the fantasy playoffs. The ranking show and the spread show will remain consistent in the next week, along with the DraftKings show. And then it's fun times over the holidays, but I will have shows. Every single day. Before we get into everything, I do want to let you know to smash the like button for the video. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section along with your favorite pivot play at any position this week, and you'll be in a draw for twenty DK dollars. If you want to get into a draw for seventy five DraftKings dollars, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five star review. DraftKings handle and something you enjoy about this show. And you'll be in the draw for 75 DK bucks. Other stuff we can get to vote for Mayo. You have until Saturday to vote for Mayo or you can do it on Saturday. If you'd like for me, for fantasy analyst and sports betting analyst of the year, if you're out there, I really do want to win this. So if you haven't voted yet, or you've already voted, you know, can try it again. The link is in the description of this video or podcast. Please help out the show. We give you all this free content every single day. You know, I wouldn't say it's the least you could do. The least you could do is nothing. But if you want to help out the show, please go vote for me in those categories. The link to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 15 DraftKings Open is also in the description of this video and podcast. And... I believe that's it. I think that's everything. So let's get crack right into it, starting with the injury report at running back, likely in as of this moment. James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Josh Jacobs, Devonta Freeman, and Derrick Henry, who did not practice on Friday but is still expected to start against the Texans on Sunday, likely out. Jordan Howard, Tony Pollard, Bo Scarborough, we'll get to him in a second, and Damian Williams officially out already. Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, and Alexander Madison will not be playing. For the Minnesota Vikings, expect Mike Boone to fill in in his place as the secondary option behind Delvin Cook. Uh, Not sure what the workload is going to be split between them. Will Boone or potentially Amir Abdullah see the workload that Madison was getting? I'm going to guess no, but where Cook has been dealing with some of these injuries himself, uh, and I guess it all depends on game flow. If the game remains close, expect to see a ton of Delvin Cook. If it gets a bit out of hand either direction, probably see more of Mike Boone and Amir Abdullah. But it does make Dalvin Cook a very interesting DraftKings play this week, only because no one's really on him. And this could be an opportunity for him to see close to 25 touches, uh, which would be huge uh, on any slate if you're going to pay up at running back. Let's circle back to the top. James Connor and Jalen Samuels. Connor was practicing basically in full all week, was downgraded to a limited participant on Friday. Samuels been dealing with this groin injury. It's so tough to trust James Conner, especially because he plays in the night game as well. He plays in the Sunday night game against the Buffalo Bills that I have him as a low end running back too right now. It's going to be super dicey. You might have to go that direction. But if you've been leaning on safer options, that's probably the route to go unless you hear something differently. Maybe we'll update this on the Sunday show if we have more information. But at the moment, I've dropped him down in my rankings a little bit. He's inside the top 30 still, but inside the mid 20s. Uh, So if you want to make up your lineup decisions that way, I guess it all depends on your risk tolerance and that really goes for both DraftKings and your season long lineups this week how much risk are you willing to inherit because there are some guys that are in fantastic spots like josh jacobs who now looks like he is going to play on Sunday. It's still up in the air a little bit, but again, he plays in the later set of games. You will have more options to fall back onto uh, if he does end up sitting. Obviously, DeAndre Washington would become a must-play in any format with this matchup against the Jags and their terrible run defense if Jacobs sits. But even with Jacobs, will he see the full workload if he is active? Uh, Should you play him if he is active? I think that if I was going to risk it, I'd probably sit Connor and play Josh Jacobs. Uh, I know he might take one hit and that's the end of them and then you're dealing with zero points in your lineup but are you really gonna sit like what's the better option you're not gonna get a better matchup and if he's going to play I doubt they would put his long-term health at risk he doesn't require surgery this offseason it's gonna be a pain tolerance thing so if you can get more than 50% of the snaps and more than 50% of the touches out of Josh Jacobs if he's active you probably have to play him unless your team rules and this is a situation where uh, I guess there are two ways to think about this. I would play Josh Jacobs. I'm going to have to play Josh Jacobs because I'm trailing hugely in some matchups because p- apparently everyone I'm playing this week had a Lamar Jackson. But if you're in a situation where you're up because you played Jamison Cratter or some of the Ravens, maybe you take a more conservative route with your lineup and try to lock yourself into 10 to 15 points where if you have someone like Josh Jacobs and he gets his normal workload against this defense, you could be looking at 30 point upside. Now, you're not going to lock in 30 points. He could still have a bad game in this spot but that's the opportunity that you're going to want to have freeman no idea what's going on with him just kind of keep updated on that bo scarborough did part he did not play he did not practice on thursday was back doing like drills on friday but he's legit up in the air this does provide some leeway that if he sits and we'll know this early against Tampa Bay that you don't want to take Ty Johnson because you can't run on Tampa Bo was not going to be a good play anyway because he does basically zilch in the receiving game but he would kind of be on the field so much that you're in a situation where he was going to get volume but it wouldn't be good volume that's what I would project for Ty Johnson but if Tampa can get up in this game JD McKissick I have ranked higher than Ty Johnson I think for PPR purposes like if you need to go lean on someone oh if if you're in a deeper league in a flyer in a ppr format you have boston scott you have cj pro sites and you have jd mckissick i would go boston scott and mckissick very closely but boston scott ahead of him if jordan howard sits of course and then i would go to cga pro sites against the carolina panthers uh, in this matchup i'm going to see a lot of running from chris carson and when we get to the ownership that's the way that a lot of people are thinking this week and without rashad penny around it's probably going to take two fumbles from chris carson to allow cga pro sites to like take over the actual rushing duties we know seattle wants to run it's a team you can run against and they're favored that Lines up pretty well for Chris Carson in this matchup. Just don't lose the ball and you're looking pretty good. So, and the Damian Williams situation, just if you can't, if you can avoid it, like McCoy is probably the best play of all of them, but he's not a preferable play, especially if it's now going to be a three to four headed backfield. Uh, if Damian Williams is active, like you're not, Probably not going to play Damian Williams. It's just too risky based on this injury and the reaggravation that could occur. And that's another thing with Bo Scarborough, too. Like, these ribs injuries keep people out, and it's a pain tolerance thing. So if you couldn't practice or do anything, one shot, and you can be out of the game. I have far less confidence in those two guys than I would in Josh Jacobs, who – Either he's going to play or he's not going to play, but if he does play, he should be good. Now, a big caveat on should when it comes down to that. But that's how the running back situation is shaking up right now. At receiver, it is far more complicated. Thielen, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Alan Hearns, Will Fuller, Nikhil Harry, T.Y. Hilton, Scotty Miller, Devontae Parker, and Albert Wilson, and Andy Isabella are all likely to play. Christian Kirk has been removed from the injury report, so he's good to go. Likely out, Nelson Aguilar. We still don't know what his status is going to be as of yet. Out officially, Calvin Ridley, Paris Campbell, Auden Tate, Marvin Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, A.J. Green, Adam Humphreys, Trey Quinn, Richardson, are all out for the Washington Redskins. DJ Chark is not going to play. Taylor Gabriel will miss this game again with a concussion. Juju Smith-Schuster appeared as if he was going to return this week against the Bills. He will not return this week against the Bills, which actually leads me to believe that if Connor is active, that he is actually healthy. Because if this was a case where you have to win against the Bills to really solidify your playoff standing, you'd probably want Juju on the field. So if he's not ready to go and you're not playing him, even if he's close, that would lead me to believe that James Conner is closer than you may expect. Hunter Renfro and Mike Evans also officially declared out in this game. The Dolphin situation is really intriguing. I did not think that Wilson or... Devonte Parker were going to play this week but it does seem like they're trending in that direction they have not officially cleared concussion protocol yet but they were practicing with a non-contact jersey in full on Friday so they have till Saturday to clear that if they do play they're in a fantastic spot against the Giants to tell you the truth it really downgrades Alan Hearns and maybe how much I liked Mike Gesicki this week but it's still a fantastic spot you'll want to start Devontae Parker I would still go Hearns over Albert wilson but it's just nice and it really boosts the fantasy prospects of ryan fitzpatrick as well who everyone's kind of off of from last week because he didn't throw any touchdowns but when your team kicks eight field or seven field goals and misses another you gained a lot of yards on offense eventually you're not gonna settle for field goals and you're gonna find the end zone against an equally bad defense well maybe not as bad as the jets but not a good defense with the Giants, mind you, that it's still a really good spot (laughs) for Ryan Fitzpatrick this week and the Dolphins receivers. So start Devontae Parker with confidence if he is active uh, and then go about your way. The other ones here are really interesting. So you have Watson and Scotty Miller going to be active for the Buccaneers with Mike Evans out. Uh, Levitan actually tweeted at one of the Tampa reporters to see who's going to take this Mike Evans spot. Is it going to be Miller? Is it going to be Watson? And the beat writer's response was, Watson is the one who matches up with Mike Evans in terms of physicality and size. So it's likely, and this is what we saw last week, although there was no Scotty Miller around, that he could be the one playing the majority of the snaps here. And if you think that Godwin potentially gets a sleigh treatment or slay is so banged up, it doesn't matter that he is probably the lower owned cheap option that you can go to if you're in a pinch. That's more of a DraftKings play than a season long play, unless you're completely devoid, unless like your list of receivers and Somehow you're still alive is like Alshon Jeffrey and Mike Evans and all of these guys. So uh, it's a pretty tricky situation. Ty Hilton practiced on a limited basis on Friday. Saturday report for him is going to be huge because they play in the Monday night game. It all accounts seem to be pointing to him playing now. If he doesn't play, Marcus Johnson is very clearly the pickup, unless Zach Pascal is somehow available. But if you're relying on T.Y. Hilton, I would wait it out to see if he ends up playing. It's indoors on a fast track. Even at 80%, he can still make an impact in this game. And if you can go pick up Marcus Johnson in the situation, then you do have a... I wouldn't say a reliable fallback option. It's not a great option, but it does give you outs. You're not going to take a zero in that spot. If all of a sudden T Y Hilton is a last second inactive. And I think that the upside for T Y Hilton in the face of better options, obviously. And if you check out my rankings, I have him in the mid twenties, a little bit like the James Conner thing. Like if you just have clearly a better option, play the better option. Don't wait it out with an injured guy who may or may not play. But if you're in a situation where you're like leaning on like Watson as your third receiver, or, or <laughs> I don't know, Greg Ward for the Eagles. Then you wait it out for Hilton. And if not, you play Marcus Johnson because Marcus Johnson's close to those guys anyway. That's how I would approach it in a semifinal matchup like this. Uh, Will Fuller appears like he's going to try to give it a go this week against the Texans, which is usually a good thing. You put him on the outside. Uh, Tennessee's pass defense tends to be exposed on the outside. It's the slot, which tends to really get locked down against Tennessee. And we just know Boomer bust again, not a safe option by Eddie means but one that can provide substantial upside so maybe if you have will fuller and he's your wide receiver four right now and your wide receiver three is sort of trying to think like julian edelman is too good to be one of these guys but a julian edelman lesser type like i mean i probably would have played Crowder over Fuller but like a PPR guy who's gonna go for like Danny Amendola let's say Danny Amendola without Marvin Jones is probably someone who you can probably count on for like six for 60 or something like that like 12 points Fuller's gonna be like 40 points or zero he's gonna catch a long one or he's not so it depends on your situation where you find yourself in the matchup are you the favorite in your matchup are you the underdog in your matchup are you already down a bunch of points If you have to take a jackpot shot with someone, Will Fuller is the type of player that you do that with. And it looks like he's going to play. The matchup is really nice. So that's a gamble, a calculated gamble you'll be willing to take. I mean, is it going to work out most of the time? No, it's not. But if it does hit, it's going to hit big. And those are the circumstances you should put yourself in. Uh, If Aguilar sits with Alshon out, Greg Ward is someone that is not good by any means, but someone you can pick up and play that's going to see targets in this game against the Redskins. And that spread just keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. So watch out for that one. Nikhil Harry, like I said, is probably going to play. Julian Edelman is likely going to play. And that's really how the wide receiver situation is shaking out without DJ Chark around. And when the ownership will reflect this, but... Both DD Westbrook and Chris Conley are both in really nice spots for deeper formats. Keelan Cole, the big play option is viable again, almost like Will Fuller, not a good option. Will Fuller is, Keelan Cole is essentially the homeless man's Will Fuller this week uh, going up against the Raiders, but it's a negative game script for them, which is good for the passing offense. If they do decide to take some shots and don't just check down the entire time, you should see a lot of volume from Gardner Minshew in this game against the Raiders. So be cognizant of that if you play in like a 16-team league. If you play in a 12-team league, 14-team league even, unless you're decimated with injury, you probably don't need to pay attention to it. DraftKings, if you play 150 lineups, you might want to mix them in, but even if you're just playing like 20, You probably don't even consider it at that point. Quarterbacks is pretty easy. Mahomes and Jameis both appear like they're going to play. If you've ridden Jameis this far, you keep going with him. I know he was throwing tennis balls at practice earlier this week, but if you're out of the playoffs... Why even play Jameis if he can't actually go? So I would expect all systems go for Jameis. Maybe he's banged up a little bit, but hey, if he throws two early picks, no big deal, because that's really the best fantasy situation for him. because He's going to continue to keep him throwing the entire game. Matt Stafford, probably not going to play. Daniel Jones, not going to play for the Giants. So we get some Eli back in our lives once again. But he will not have all of his options because at tight end, both Rhett Ellison and Evan Ingram have officially been ruled out. If you've been playing the Caden Smith roller coaster, you could potentially take a shot again. There are better options, though. Noah Fant, Jared Cook, and Jimmy Graham I all have currently in the rankings. Saturday will be a big day for Jared Cook because he does play on Monday night. You know me. I got him ranked in worst place. Fantasy Pros has him at number 10 for the week amongst tight ends, though. It is a trickier situation, unlike T.Y. Hilton, if you are waiting for him, unless you have Jack Doyle, who I just play over Jared Cook anyway, because if you don't play, if you wait on Jared Cook for Monday night and he doesn't play, then you're stuck with Josh Hill, and that is not a good option. There's probably someone you can stream on Sunday who you can get equivalent value from. So I would not play Jared cook unless, you know, hundred percent for sure going into the Sunday games that he is going to play likely out Luke Wilson and Gerald Everett. Uh, that means fire up some Eleanor Higby again this week. Who's been sensational. Uh, in the face of him sitting uh, Gerald Everett being out the past few weeks and out officially Foster Moreau. He's done for the year. Greg Olson is not going to play. So play all the Ian Thomas you can play. He's running routes on 85% of dropbacks. He saw 10 targets last week. They're underdogs at home by six points against Seattle. And fun fact, Seattle sucks against tight end. So smash spot for Ian Thomas here in this matchup. Vance McDonald has already been ruled out with a concussion as well the only other really big injury concerns to pay attention to as it probably pertains to defense philly's o is massively banged up the redskins d is a streamer if you do want to go with them and two of denver's offensive linemen are going to miss this week kansas city i had ranked pretty highly anyway but season long DraftKings kansas city's defense is looking pretty good in this matchup against denver you get drew lock on the run he might make some bad decisions he's looked pretty good not the best decision maker so it could lead to a lot of pressures a lot of sacks potentially or turnovers which is what you are looking for especially as massive underdogs in this game being Denver that they're going to have to be passing a lot Uh, so that's something to pay attention to Kansas City a top five defense for me this week ownership projections and like I mentioned before what you can do is smash like button for the video and leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me your favorite pivot plays, probably off these guys at any position. Looking at the overall ownership for the week on DraftKings, Sunday main slate only, the millionaire maker slate, the four highest projected owned wire running backs I have right now, Chris Carson, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Laird and Todd Gurley Uh, Carson far and away above everyone else. It's the perfect matchup. No penny against the worst run defense in a game where you're favored and it would take multiple fumbles for you to be out of this game. Game theory says you should probably avoid him and move on to Saquon Barkley or potentially even a low owned Josh Jacobs or Ezekiel Elliott around that same area. I don't have the guts to do that. I think Chris Carson's good this week, even at 30% ownership. I probably won't play him in every single one of my lineups, but cash games, three maxes he's almost a lock button play here hopefully he can come through for us uh c mixy and Laird and Gurley. if you really want to go like low owned boston scott is the min but you probably don't need to save that much salary i do like jacobs this week because no one's going to play him because of that injury it doesn't seem like people are playing zeke or dalvin cook either so that is something to pay attention to but if you play jacobs you get the low ownership on jacobs and a fantastic matchup against jacksonville or Since so few people actually utilize the late swap, you're going to have to give up a ton of salary if you do it, but that probably doesn't make a difference that you can just easily go from Jacobs onto DeAndre Washington if he ends up inactive for this game and you're going to get a low owned DeAndre Washington, which is fantastic in this spot, even if you have to give up the two thousand dollars a salary cap i would have him rated as one of the very close to one of the top 10 players on this slate in terms of value anyway so i'm okay with that decision and that's something that i will try to be taking advantage of that is a really nice leverage spot in my opinion here at receiver robert woods julian edelman and the low price chris conley all shaping up to be the three highest projected owned wide receivers this week It's YOLO week for me, so I'm going to be taking guys like Julio Jones against a decimated San Francisco secondary in a positive game script for the Atlanta passing game. If no one's going to own Julio and there's no Richard Sherman out there, it's a situation you might want to take advantage of. I know Julio doesn't score touchdowns, but eventually he will. Maybe it's next year, but maybe it's this week. We've seen him ex- excel in this type of spot before. Uh, and if you get a low owned Julio, it's usually the way to play it. Devonte Parker, too, because of this injury status. Again, that is something you're going to have to pay attention right down to the wire when inactives come out. But if he is active, I really do like his prospects this week. And like I've been saying, low week, if you're a low testosterone person, this play is not for you. But if you're high T, Then, you want Big T, Terry McLaurin. He's going to see a ton of volume in this game against the Eagles. The Eagles secondary cannot match up with athletic receivers. Then, you just have to pray that Dwayne Haskins can actually hit him on one of his, like, 38 targets in this game. If it happens, it's going to happen big. So, I like McLaurin as an absolute flyer. You're not playing him in cash games, but for tournaments... Terry McLaurin is a play, as is Christian Kirk, against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, If you really want to go that route, I do like Christian Kirk a lot this week. And being lifted from the injury report only gives me more confidence. Especially if Andy Isabella sits, then a lot of these deep routes and even bubble screens might end up going towards... Christian Kirk. So pay attention to that moving forward. At quarterback, there's only two projected over 10%. Tannehill at 20%, Deshaun Watson at 12%, both in the same game. If you want to go full out fate of that game, it's not recommended, but game three wise, it would recommend doing that. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like Matt Ryan as low owned guys. Far riskier, mind you, but the potential upside in those shootout type games versus these guys in what could be a running fest, to be perfectly honest with you. These guys usually do end up getting there, but if it's just a down week from them, then all of a sudden you box out a lot of the field. At tight end, Higby, Ertz, O.J. Howard, and Ian Thomas. Uh, Higby projected around 20, the other guys around 10. I would expect that Ian Thomas ownership to go up. Now with the news that Greg Olson is not going to play. However, he's so cheap, you probably have to pay him pay for him anyway. He At 3,100, he makes so many lineups work that... I'm okay with it. I do like Mike Gesicki as a cheaper end guy, uh, especially against the Giants too, who struggle against tight ends uh, as a low, as a low cheaper end option. He's $4,000. You can pair him with Parker and Fitzpatrick. If you did want to do a triple stack or Laird potentially, because he works so well in the passing game, bring it back with Saquon Barkley. And then you have a mini game stack in that spot. It's like, if you play Ian Thomas, that is a great Avenue to play Chris Carson as well. One feeds into the other both going both ways in that game. If it's higher scoring, both should be involved in putting up points and adding to the over in that total. At the higher end, it's Kittle. Uh, you roll with Kittle if you want to. If you have the money for it, he's clearly the best play. Him or Kelsey, I do prefer Kittle, but if you can't afford them, Gesicki and Ian Thomas would be my two preferred options at tight end this week on the lower end of the spectrum. Then at defense, the Lions D against a banged up Jameis. Can't fault anyone for it, but it looks like it's a 20% defense because they're cheap. I'll probably pass on that kc is the second highest projected own i'm still okay with that i would eat the chalkier defense uh at the middle tier lower end i do like the skins against philly their defense has been pretty good so far arizona's defense on the very low end against the browns at home riskier but potential upside coming with that the sneaky thing is because no one is going to own them and they haven't been on the main slate for a while if you can find the money Patriots D against the Bengals. I know they're expensive. I know they're $4,000, but they've been like the best fantasy player this year. And they're kind of out of sight, out of mind right now. And no one is apparently using them. So Patriots D for me is a place you want to go if you can afford the money this week. And that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. For week 15, the injury report, you can always check the updated rankings. Again, tune in on Sunday 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, DraftKings YouTube channel, available after the fact on the audio feed. We'll be taking your viewer questions, trying to get you all set for your fantasy playoffs, for the DraftKings slate, for your betting slate, whatever it might be. We hope to see you there. Like the episode, join the audio review, play in the Listener's League, and remember to vote Mayo for Fantasy Analyst and Sports Betting Analyst of the Year. It would go a long way to helping me, and I would really appreciate it. Thank you all for watching. Good luck. In week 15. I'll see you next time.